Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Live from Liverpool, the dark paranormal. Season 11 Hi everyone and welcome back to The Dark Paranormal Season 11, Episode 9 How we are already on our penultimate episode of this season, I've no idea And though we all have one eye on next week's finale, and of course the debut episode of season 12, today's penultimate episode is the likes of which I think we've only covered maybe once or twice throughout the entire series. And that's when one of our experiences from a previous season gets in touch to provide an update. And although it should be quite obvious, nobody tends to get in touch to provide an update to say everything's still fine. But before we go into more detail about today's experience, I need to say a huge thank you to everyone who's joined our team over at Patreon. When you sign up to Patreon, not only do you receive these episodes both ad-free and before everyone else, but you can also receive exclusive access to our Patreon-only podcast, Dark Bites. Dark Bites is a podcast that runs each and every week of the year, even on the downtime between seasons. And given that after next week's finale, we're due to take our mid-season break, signing up means you don't miss your weekly paranormal fix. As well as that, you'll gain access to the entire back catalogue of Dark Bites, which is now over 40 hours worth of Patreon-only content. And of course, you will be the first to hear the debut episode of Season 12, with it releasing midweek for Patreons instead of Friday. We've built a wonderful community of like-minded paranormal enthusiasts over at Patreon, and we'd love to extend an exclusive invitation just for you. Simply head over to patreon.com forward slash thedarkparanormal. Now a slight confession... Here's where I'd normally say everybody's name who's signed up to Patreon this week. However, I am recording this episode a week in advance, as we'll be popping down to Glastonbury when this episode airs. But don't worry, if you've signed up this week, your name will be read out next week on the season finale. And if you happen to be at Glastonbury yourself and see someone walking round in a dark paranormal t-shirt, that will more than likely be me shamelessly wearing my own merch. And yes, I'm fully aware of how cringeworthy that is, and therefore it will probably only happen after one or two beers. But if you do spot me, feel free to come over and say hello. But once more, if you'd like to gain early access to each episode ad-free and receive access to the Dark Bites back catalogue and a new episode each and every week, plus be the first to hear the debut episode of every new season, head over to patreon.com forward slash thedarkparanormal. 
Now, you may well recall our debut episode of Season 9, A Stalking Darkness. I may suggest you go and listen to that episode again if you wish, so you get a feel for the full chronology, but it's not essential as we do do a small recap within this episode. However, we are about to learn that time is meaningless to the other side, and sometimes a dark attachment may not only wait patiently, it may also decide it's time to change exactly who it's attached to. Well, today's experience, sadly for our submitter, isn't a finished one either. As you'll soon hear, even as they've clicked send on the email, their experience continued. So I think it's about time to lower the lights, make yourself comfortable, and of course leave your disbelief at the door as we listen to the penultimate episode of Season 11, I've Found You. Hi Kevin, I hope this email finds you and the listeners well. Firstly, I'd like to thank you for reading my experience for Season 9. I was pleasantly surprised that it helped me to really process everything my family and I went through while I was growing up. Even more surprising, it helped me to find some closure, which I wasn't really ever expecting. Since then, I've subscribed to Patreon and have listened to all the Dark Bites episodes, which I've been enjoying immensely. So, as I said in my first email, thank you for this podcast and for what you do. However, the main reason for this email is not to thank you, it's to provide an update on things which are starting to take place. To give a quick recap of my first story, so everyone has some context, I grew up living through paranormal experience after paranormal experience. The first house that my family and I lived in was incredibly active, Doors opening and closing by themselves, even if they were locked. Hearing footsteps, seeing things move by themselves, and even seeing strange entities. Even when we moved to our next house, whatever was plaguing my family and I had the ability to follow us. Much of the same activity continued, but now things were being thrown and ceramics were being smashed on the ground and above my head. There was that constant feeling of being watched, feeling like you weren't ever alone. After my parents separated, we left the house and I moved in with my mum. Any and all paranormal happenings stopped. But later, when I moved in with my dad to his new home, I realised they were still happening there. This made me come to the realisation that it wasn't the houses we lived in that were haunted. It was someone or something attached to my dad. The next paragraph was the final one from my previous email, which I sincerely believed was the end of my experiences. And it reads, Unfortunately, I had a bit of a falling out with my dad, He's an alcoholic and I couldn't handle being around that kind of chaos anymore. 
After I found out I was pregnant with my boyfriend of four years, I decided to leave so we could create a happy and stable environment to raise our baby. As soon as I moved out, all the paranormal things stopped and have never started up again. I am convinced, as I said previously, that whatever was following us from home to home was attached to my dad. I haven't spoken to him in several years, and I always wonder if he still experiences things. And that's where I left things in the debut episode of Season 9. Never in my wildest dreams, or nightmares I suppose, did I ever think I'd be emailing you with a continuation of paranormal experiences. I think I'm still in a state of shock that these things have started happening again. I had lived blissfully paranormal-free for well over a decade. Jumping forward to the present day, I'm now in my 30s, and I live in my own home with my husband and my two kids. We've lived in our house for eight years this coming June, and I haven't had so much as a creaky floorboard, nor felt anything unusual. As I said in my first email, after you live in a house with ghosts or entities, or whatever you choose to call them, you start to be able to pick up on that feeling of when something is close. When you're not alone, or when someone or something is watching you. It can be so strong that it's palpable. I will never claim to have any special abilities, psychic or otherwise, but that feeling of knowing is very real. And I think many people who've experienced any of these things could agree. I hate to tell you that many things have happened in recent months in this house, but they have. I don't want these things to be happening. I don't want my kids to experience these things. I wish things had stayed how they've been over the last decade, and I hope this is just a blip, and hopefully things will calm down again. But I'm writing to tell you what's happened so far, and it all only started again this past February. When COVID started, my husband and I decided to try something new. Since everything was closed down and we couldn't get together with any family, we decided that every weekend we would have an in-home date night to have something to look forward to each week and to make sure we still had time to connect during such a difficult time. We would feed the kids something for dinner, get them ready for bed and tucked in for the night, and then we would spend some time together, cooking a meal just for the two of us. We would have dinner while we watched a movie or sat and gabbed. It was lovely, and therefore we continue to do it even now. During one of our date nights this past February, we were sitting on the couch eating dinner with a movie. All of a sudden, this overwhelming feeling of dread and sorrow came over me. It hit me so hard. I literally let out a huge gasp and jumped off the couch. 
I grab the remote and press pause on the film. My husband, thinking I was maybe hurt or something, asked me what was wrong. But I couldn't respond. I didn't know what was wrong. I just couldn't articulate it. But I knew something was. I took a minute to let this strange feeling pass and to try and figure out what was happening. The only thing that I could surmise was that something was wrong and someone was either hurt or going to get hurt. I then sat down, gathered my breath and said, something is wrong. He asked once more if I was hurt and I shook my head and said, no, but something is wrong. I feel like someone is going to get hurt or is hurt and I think it's going to be a woman. Maybe you should call your mum and check in on her? I texted my mum and thankfully she was fine. My husband though, stubborn as ever, told me that he was sure everything was fine. He didn't need to check on his mum and that we should just continue with the movie. He turned the movie back on and I sat for the rest of the date night with the most uneasy feeling in my stomach. It was such a strange experience. The following day, I received a text from my younger brother that no one ever wishes to receive. It was a screenshot of a text to him from our uncle that said, Grandma is in the hospital. She was admitted yesterday. She's had another heart attack and is on 100% oxygen. My grandma, my paternal grandma, had had a few heart attacks in the past, but she was as tough as nails, and she made it through them all. But when I received this text from my brother, I knew just from the feeling I had the previous night that this was it. It was her time. My brother came by the house and picked me up, and we went to sit with her. She was surrounded by family, including my dad, who I hadn't spoken to in years. And she passed away while I held her hand the following night. As an interesting side note, it's been mentioned on the show a few times, so I thought I'd share this quickly in addition to my story. She was unconscious for the last several hours of life. One of my aunts, who's a personal support worker, leant down and whispered to her, It's okay to let go. You can go to heaven now. My grandma, unconscious, mumbled, I'm just waiting for Tom to come and get me. Tom was her brother, and he'd passed away a long time ago but it was comforting to think that maybe at the end, someone we know and love will be there to help us. Back to my story, though. Spending a day and a half in a room with my dad meant that we did have to have some conversation. It wasn't much, but we were both being polite and civil. I've seen him once more since my grandma passed, when he asked me to go to her house to help clean up and clear some stuff out. But that's about it. Yet, 
it was only after my grandma passed and I saw my dad that things started to happen again. Now, I'm not particularly religious. To be honest, I'm not really sure what I believe. But my grandma was very religious. And I like to think that if there is a heaven, she's there right now. She told us in the hospital that she would be in heaven playing the piano and singing with the angels. So, in my mind, these things that have started happening again can't be Grandma's spirit hanging around. I can't believe that. But I can believe that maybe the things that are happening have started because I was with my dad for the first time since leaving both him and whatever was attached to him. Did whatever that attachment is see me? Recognize me? Remember me? Maybe even follow me? Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. One night, as I was reading after my kids and husband had went to bed, that feeling hit me. The feeling of knowing I wasn't alone. As goosebumps raced across my body... My eyes shot up. I had the strongest feeling that I needed to look into the kitchen. It was like someone was silently urging me to look. I live in an open concept house, so sitting in the living room, I have a clear view of the whole kitchen. I looked up slowly from my book into the kitchen, and the dish towel that I have hanging on the oven handle was moving in such a way that it appeared as if someone were drying their hands. But it was winter. The windows weren't open. There are no air vents in my kitchen. And it wasn't like the towel done a little flutter. It was the exact movement as when I dry my hands. The towel was lifted, moved around, manipulated... I sat on the couch feeling utterly defeated. How could this be happening? This was all supposed to be over. I decided to ignore what I saw. I didn't tell my husband and thought, if I don't pay it any attention, maybe it will stop. Unfortunately, I was wrong. Whatever it was, decided that if it didn't get my attention it would have to up the ante. I struggle with TMJ issues, and some days my jaw pain is that bad that I can't do much at all. On one such day, I was laying on my couch with an ice pack on my face. It was getting later in the afternoon, and I drifted off to sleep. I woke up when I heard my husband at the front door. 
I heard him wiping his boots and taking them off and walking down the hallway into the kitchen. I had my back to the kitchen, so I just said, Hey babe, how was your day? He didn't answer. So I rolled over to see what he was doing and... No one was there. The thing that bothers me about this is that when I heard him at the door, the thought of this being paranormal hadn't even entered my mind. I genuinely thought it was my husband. I know I heard him. I spoke to what I thought was him. So it's not like my imagination or anxiety was getting the best of me. I literally just thought he was home from work. To say I was unsettled would be an understatement. But things like this have happened several times since. I hear something near the front door, and I hear footsteps walking in towards the main area of the house. But I always find nothing. I think this was validated one night, too. I was sitting watching TV after everyone else was in bed. We have a rabbit named Rexy, and he's a free roam, meaning he isn't locked in a cage. He's litter box trained and has the run of the main floor. Well, I was sitting on the floor with him, absent-mindedly petting him whilst I zoned in to the documentary I was watching. All of a sudden, he thumped. To anyone who doesn't know what a thump is, it's when a rabbit stomps their foot very hard. It can actually make a quite loud noise. When a rabbit thumps, it means they are picking up on something potentially dangerous, or something they at least perceive to be a threat. I looked down at him again to make sure he was okay, and he thumped again then ran off at top bunny speed into his tunnel where he likes to hide. As soon as he got to his tunnel, I hear footsteps coming down the hall of the main floor. Heart in mouth, I got up to check and, you guessed it, there's no one there. When I stopped living with my dad and all the experiences stopped, I started sleeping pretty well. The past few years, I can go to bed and be asleep in a few minutes. However, since things have started happening again, sleep has become more elusive. I go to bed many nights and lay awake, thinking about everything happening and worrying about what's to come. One night, I lay awake, staring at the ceiling, Appearing seemingly out of nowhere, a large white ball of light appeared in the corner of my room, up near where the wall meets the ceiling. It was about the size of a tennis ball. It only appeared for a few seconds, but it was long enough for me to get a good look at it. Now, I'm definitely a sceptical believer, paranormal-wise. So when something happens, I don't immediately jump to the conclusion that it must have been a ghost. Houses creak and settle. We, as humans, misplace things from time to time, and our minds can get the better of us. I believe that many paranormal happenings probably have a non-paranormal explanation. 
So, when I experience something, what I do instead of jumping to an immediate conclusion, which may well be wrong, I instead jump to questioning what am I experiencing? Is it a car light from outside? Is it something somehow reflecting? Is it even a migraine aura? Well, I could definitively answer no to all those questions. Whatever this light was, it was definitely its own being, creating its own light. Trying to keep my mind calm so that I could actually sleep, I told myself that if it was paranormal, it was just a family member checking in on me, all peaceful and nothing to worry about. A short time later, when my husband was at work and both my kids were at school, I was on the main floor doing some cleaning and... I heard a loud crash from upstairs. My first instinct was to run up there and see what happened. But what with all this activity picking up again, I froze. I was really nervous. Taking a moment to calm my racing thoughts... I decided I needed to see what it was. The kids would be home from school shortly, and I didn't want them finding something, if there was anything amiss. I went upstairs slower than I'd like to admit, trying to keep my mind on nice things. I searched my room and nothing. I checked the bathroom, all good. Next, I went to my son's room. In the middle of his floor was one of his three small ceramic dragons, just in the middle of the floor. It's kept on the top shelf of his bookshelf, usually. So now I'm just really confused. How did it not break, falling over five feet? The loud crash that I heard definitely sounded like something much larger broke. But it was just this a small dinosaur sitting in the middle of the floor. I put it back so he wouldn't see and went back to cleaning. A few weeks later, my husband was taking my daughter up to bed to tuck her in for the night. While she was brushing her teeth, he went around closing the curtains for the night and doing all the usual activities. After he tucked her in, he came downstairs and asked me why our son's dragon was sat in the middle of his bedroom floor. As I said, I hadn't really been telling him anything. Ignorance is bliss, right? But I did end up telling him that the same thing had happened to me recently, and I didn't know what had happened. He was clearly unsettled, and, like me, hoped it was just a temporary blip. Trying my best to continue to ignore things, a few weeks later, I was again home while the kids were at school and my husband was at work. I was in the kitchen making lunches for the next day. When I heard the loudest crash so far, I went upstairs again thinking I'd find the little dragon on the floor once more. Only this time, it was the largest of the three dragons and it was shattered. There were pieces all over the place. The only thing to do was to clean up the mess and move on. My son, thoroughly disappointed, asked me what happened. And I lied and said 
Oh, I had the window open. It must have been the wind. But I didn't have the window open. I just don't want them to be scared in their own home. At this point, I'm really starting to worry that things aren't going to go away. If anything, it seems as though they're escalating. Shortly after the dragon smashing, I was laying in bed one night, once again chasing sleep that was just out of reach. I was laying on my left side when I heard something, something quiet. I almost missed it. It sounded like feet shuffling, and it was coming from behind me. I rolled over, wondering if one of my kids had wandered into my room for something. But there was no one there. I rolled back to my left side and heard it again. I decided to lay still and just listen. It sounded as though someone was standing in front of my husband's dresser, shuffling their feet around and moving the papers on the dresser. I rolled over to my right side and lay there with my eyes wide open, watching the dresser. I continued to hear, but still couldn't see anything or anyone. Eventually, it did stop, and I did finally drift off to sleep. Later, I awoke suddenly to someone grabbing my foot. Again, thinking it was one of the kids, just needing something, I looked down toward the end of the bed... And again, no one was there. But something was still holding my foot. Faster than I knew I could move, I yanked my knees up to my chest to free my foot. I tried to tell myself it was just a nightmare that I was waking up from. But it held me long enough after I woke that I did genuinely think it was my son or daughter. It goes without saying that I didn't sleep for the rest of that night. As mentioned in some of my experiences, many things happen while the kids are at school and my husband's at work. I only work part-time and my hours are extremely flexible, so I can continue to get the kids to and from school and take care of things around the house. Therefore, I get to sleep in a bit later than my husband each morning. He leaves for work before 6am and, as such, goes to bed much earlier than I. When I go to bed, I feed the rabbit, turn out all the lights, and make sure the door's locked. We have a small bathroom right beside the front door, and I usually use that one right before going to bed, just so I don't wake everyone else up when I go upstairs. One night, I did my usual nightly routine, turning off all the lights and use that washroom. When I came out of the washroom, the kitchen light had turned itself back on. I know no one had come downstairs. I would have definitely heard them, as the stairs are right outside that bathroom door. Moreover, I was only in the washroom for less than a minute. No one would have time to get downstairs, turn the light on and get back upstairs, especially without me hearing. Again, trying to rationalise things, in my mind, I told myself I probably just forgot. But you see, I've been diagnosed with OCD, and one thing I struggle with is my nighttime routine. 
If I don't follow it exactly, I won't sleep that night. I have to do things in a certain order, and turning out that kitchen light is part of my ritual. So I know for sure that I turned it off. As things have been happening, I have been trying to ignore them. It wasn't until last week that I decided to really accept and acknowledge them and to send you an update. I wasn't planning on writing this. But last week, there were two things that happened that I guess kind of pushed me over the edge, so to speak. Once again, I was home alone during the day and I decided to have a shower. I was right in the middle of rinsing my hair when I hear footsteps. I was instantly alarmed as my husband shouldn't have been home yet. We have a grey fabric shower curtain, so you can't see in or out, but it doesn't go right to the top. There's about a foot of open space to let some light in. And all of a sudden, as I had my head tipped up, I saw a shadow cross the ceiling of the bathroom. But I had the bathroom door locked and nobody had come in. I finished as quickly as I could and peeked my head out from behind the curtain. And as expected, no one was there. I got dressed as quickly as I could and I ran down those stairs. The last thing that happened as of this email is last weekend. My husband and I were getting ready for another of one of our date nights. We were going to eat our favourite pasta dish with roasted veggies and watch a movie. My husband was upstairs tucking the kids in and I was at the stove working on our dinner. I heard him come down the stairs and start heading towards me. I had my back to the rest of the main floor and I felt him come up behind me. It's like that feeling you get when you know someone is watching you. You just know someone's near you. The background noise deadening as they approach and block out any peripheral sound. My husband and I are very playful, and as I felt him come up from behind, not for a second thinking it wasn't him, I completely braced myself, expecting a tickle or a playful slap on the backside, but he didn't touch me. I could feel his presence standing over me. It felt like he was standing so close that his chest was almost touching my back. I turned around smiling, wondering what he was doing, and I saw him sitting over on the couch, getting the movie ready. I almost felt violated in a way. Even though nothing touched me, it felt like someone was standing over me, surrounding me. I really believed it was my husband. It was quite a shock to see he was in another room. That was my breaking point. I turned back around and finished cooking whilst I calmed my breathing. I've been keeping most of this to myself and it's been exhausting. Just one more thing to add. As I'm sitting at my kitchen table... Doing a final proofread of this, once again, I've just heard another extremely loud crash from upstairs, followed by a few footsteps. I'm not even going to bother to go and check, because I know what I'll find.
nothing. All the activity seems to be centred around me, and as much as I wish it would stop, the only thing I truly care about is my children not experiencing anything. If it's going to happen, at least let it only happen to me. Although I will say, just like writing out my first email, getting all of this written down seems to have helped me move from denial to acceptance. Fingers crossed this is all just temporary. In the meantime, I think I'll continue to sleep with my legs curled up and my feet away from the bottom of the bed, just in case. Thanks again for giving me an outlet to share something you can't share with just anyone. Yours faithfully, Sarah. Sarah's experience was always planned for episode 9, and I'm obviously recording it right now as I speak. What I mean is, last night I was fully aware that I was coming into the studio today to record Sarah's experience. But what I did not expect is when I sat down at the studio desk to start recording, to check my emails, and have received another update from Sarah overnight. And it reads, Hi Kevin, I've had two more experiences since I submitted my last update. I was in the kitchen getting dinner ready. My kids were in the basement playing and my husband was on his way home from work. I was cooking and I had my headphones in, listening to your podcast. Someone tapped me on the side of the leg. You know like when someone's trying to get your attention and gives you a hard tap with the back of their hand? Well, that's exactly what it felt like. Having my headphones in, I immediately thought it was my daughter coming up from the basement and needing something, and I simply didn't hear her. But like every other experience, when I turned my head to look at her, no one was there. Over this past weekend, I decided to do a deep clean of the basement. My son was out helping my mum with the beehives, and unfortunately my daughter was down and out on the couch with the flu. So my husband was sat with her watching movies. Our basement is one large playroom for the kids and a separate laundry room. Needless to say, the basement gets pretty cluttered with toys. After I spent a while going through stuff and putting things away, I vacuumed and dusted. The basement was looking great and I was really happy with how it looked. I ran to the laundry room to grab the carpet spray just to make the carpet smell nice. When I walked back out of the laundry room, there was one of the kids' very large marbles, about the size of a billiard ball, in the middle of the carpet. Thinking I'd just missed picking it up, I walked towards it and bent over. Right before I grabbed it, though, I realised it was sitting on top of the vacuum lines in the carpet. I would have noticed it before I vacuumed, and I knew I put everything away. But there it sat. Thanks again for the podcast, Sarah. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for your submission, indeed your update on your paranormal experiences. Has something travelled over from your father to you? Who knows? 
But one thing is for sure. If you've spent the first part of your life plagued by paranormal experiences, and then over a decade paranormal-free, you will have become a sort of expert in the feelings and emotions attached with both. So whether this is your father's attachment, or whether it's something completely new, what is evident is something has happened. I beg of you to please keep us updated, and do have a think, if it wasn't your father's attachment, what other things could it be? But sincerely, Sarah, thank you so much for your submission for this penultimate episode. Next week, we have our Season 11 finale. And in all honesty, I've never received an account written in such a way. It's disturbing, it's terrifying, and I'm not even convinced the submitter is a listener of the show. Now, at first, that may seem quite contradictory. But make sure to join me next week when everything will not only become clearer, but much, much darker. To our Patreons, I'll speak to you again on Sunday for another episode of Dark Bites. And of course, you'll have early midweek access to that finale. And for everyone, I'll speak to you here next week for episode 10 the Season 11 finale. Until then, remember, when you're discussing the paranormal, always try and leave some of your disbelief at the door. And I'll see you next time, here on The Dark Paranormal. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.